When the Sweat Life team was just Maggie Umberger and me, we would take these trips to try out fitness concepts in other markets. We spent a lot of time in Dallas and in New York City. I've always thought both of those markets are really interesting for fitness for completely different reasons. New York City has the same thing going for fitness that it has for every other industry. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I mean, granted, something that's on the fringes of woo-woo and cult fitness may not do great in Fargo, but for the most part, if New Yorkers will pack a class, it has a certain mile a minute effectiveness and a cool factor that the rest of the country can get on board with. In New York City, it's a fitness playground. Incredible brands and concepts like 305 Fitness, The Class, Y7 Yoga, Tone House, Rumble, Mile High Studio, and Fitting Room thrive there, just to name a few. And I've been lucky enough to sweat in those for myself. Fitting Room stood out for a few reasons that you'll hear come out on this week's episode of We Got Goals featuring its founder, Carrie Sadowitz. This is Gina Anderson Cohen, by the way, and for me, trying Fitting Room was eye-opening for a few reasons. It was the exact workout I wanted from every angle. I took class with Eric, Fitting Room's head coach, in 2017. I reset my account password just so I confirmed that fact for sure. And when I took my first class, Fitting Room used to have two coaches in every single class. It was like a workout and a show. Eric and Jason, his co-teacher, bantered the entire class. I remember feeling expertly coached and entertained. But I can still picture that flat iron studio and I haven't been there in five years. Kettlebells, assault bikes, TRXs, skiers, honestly, anything you can think of to spike your heart rate and get you stronger with heavy reps filled that room. And you'll hear Carrie talk about this in the episode, but I also felt incredibly safe moving through that space. When space is limited, as it often is on the island of Manhattan, you have to make every inch count. And twist, fitting room coaches love kettlebells. The gym is sort of built around making that little heavy friend accessible. But when you're swinging a ballistic object around like a kettlebell, packing a room full of people like sardines can compromise that safety. Fitting room makes sure every piece of equipment has a home and every class participant does too. When I walked in, I was given a number and that number corresponded to a spot on the ceiling. I stood under my number like a good little fitter and had a very safe class. Carrie also digs into the nitty gritty of her passions around this concept. She learned to love kettlebells with a personal trainer and didn't let it go. She knew she needed to make it easier for time credit people like her to pack more efficient workouts into their days. And she built it, taking her love of branding and diving in with the team. Fitting Room caught the attention of New York City's fitness enthusiasts and elites, getting coverage in Vogue, Vanity Fair, Well and Good, and it was included in my favorite piece that covered boutique fitness in 2017. The Wall Street Journal included Fitting Room in its roundup of, quote, fitness studios too tough for mere mortals, end quote. For the record, that Wall Street Journal piece defined a burpee for its reader as, quote, dropping to the floor in a squat push-up move called a burpee, end quote. Very helpful. Thank you, Wall Street Journal. But I bring that up to set the tone for a thriving studio that very much needed to adapt and evolve quickly as soon as COVID-19 hit New York City. Carrie recalls her studio's quick action planning and the way it sprung into action, creating a plan that could, quote, sustain the business even if COVID lasted a year. Her foresight likely saved the business as they never did a single class for free, allowing them to keep their trainers employed and their community working out together. Remember when the party line was two weeks of COVID? Anyway, pivoting quickly also earned fitting room even more press as Carrie appeared in the New York Times, 
on the Today Show on Cheddar TV and so many others. Carrie shares how the business is coming out of COVID. She also shares some of the cost-efficient ways they're growing and her vision to bring kettlebells to even more people. And because we love you and want you to be happy, you can try Fitting Room no matter where you live. Use the code S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-F-H-I-T, that's Sweat Life Fit, at checkout to redeem your first class for free and in-studio or using their digital product, the live Fitting Room class. Go to fittingroom.com, that's F-H-I-T-T-I-N-G-R-O-O-M.com to redeem. Here I am with Carrie. This is Gina Anderson-Cohen. I'm here with Carrie Sadowitz, the founder of Fitting Room. I'm so excited to be talking to you, Carrie. Thanks for having me. And you are the founder of a fitness brand that I have loved and have been watching for a really long time. Before we jump in, tell us what's Fitting Room and what makes it special too. Fitting Room is a functional, high-intensity training studio. So we basically do all classes, boutique fitness classes uh, that are HIT and strength training. I say our superpower is kettlebells. That's really um, one of the hallmarks of our brand that sets us apart from a lot of other boutique classes, deep specialization in kettlebells. We have two studios at the moment operating in New York City. We have a satellite location within Drop Fitness in Montvale, New Jersey. And we have live virtual classes and a subscription-based on-demand service. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. I, I love that you specialize in kettlebells too. I've taken fitting room classes in the past because they are amazing. So when I'm in New York City, I try to drop in. Um, and one of the things I always felt so safe in a small place um, in your classes even with the kettlebells um, and even um, as you're doing sort of technical movements in the class. Um, so can you talk about like how you designed the spaces to, to sort of do all of that? Yeah, sure. So the original idea was to take a workout that you would do with a personal trainer and bring it into the group space. So there were a few things that were high priorities. One was keeping intact the safety and the education and true skill development that you get in a personal training session. So loaded strength training is a really important part of overall fitness. But of course, when you're dealing with external weight loads, you need to be moving correctly and um, in order to stay safe and avoid injuries. So, um, so that was a big part of our original premise. And then the spaces themselves. So everything's designed to, we, you know, we custom built all of the studios to hold a whole host of equipment. So while kettlebells are present in pretty much all of our classes, some more than others, we do use a variety of equipment. Again, also variety being an extremely important part of overall fitness. So there are different cardio machines, there's um, suspension trainers and plyo boxes and medicine balls and dumbbells. So, But everything has a home, right? So you go into a studio and there's custom millwork, there's custom shelving, everything has a home, keeping things really neat and organized and Honestly, it makes it really user-friendly. You know, it's like you take something out, it goes right back in. It's easy to find. Uh, you know, it's everything's meant to make a really great workout, safe and accessible to everybody. And organization is part of that. 
Yeah, and and I think just this simplicity, but also the challenge of the workout and also the, the caliber of your trainers, all those things together have led to the success of the studio and the fact that you are written up and featured on national media like constantly. So kudos to you. And question to follow up. When did you fall in love with kettlebells? Why was this such an important thing for you to bring to the masses? Right. So crazy enough, I always tell people I'm an accidental entrepreneur. So prior to fitting room, I only worked at big companies. I worked at American Express after college and before business school. And then I worked at Pepsi after business school doing marketing. And obviously soda and beverages has really nothing to do with with fitness. But um, after I had my first son, who's now 14 years old, uh, I started training with a personal trainer, kind of, I needed to be really efficient with my time. So I used to go to the gym five days a week. All of a sudden I had an infant at home. Um, I could barely, you know, even leave the apartment at times. So I got a personal trainer who would come to my apartment building and I would sneak out for little bits of time. So efficiency was a really big deal. Um, As he and I were training together, he actually became um, RKC certified. So that's a Russian kettlebell certification, which is one of the you know, most prominent certifications in the space. He um, got a CrossFit certification. So we kind of went from using a lot of the standard universal weight machines that are in, you know, typical residential gyms, big box gym floors to kind of never touching the machine and working with our body weight kettlebells, um, you know, using the pull-up bar and workouts. And uh, the results were just incredible. I only worked out with him twice a week and literally did nothing else that was organized fitness in any way on the other five days a week. And yet I was all of a sudden in better shape than I was when I went to the gym five days a week on my own, which was you know, a lot more on cardio machines and then it's like some dabbling with universal weight machines. So I kind of felt like there was this magic. Um, kettlebells themselves, it's a really interesting journey for a lot of people. So most of our clients have never touched a kettlebell before they come through our doors. And I think for some people, it, it keeps them away, which it really shouldn't. Um, you know, there's sort of like these mysteries that are in the corners like of a lot of gyms, um, or you see people using them that are really expert with them. And because they're ballistic in nature, there are movements that advanced people do with them where, you know, it would be really intimidating to a beginner. So for us, I say we take people on a journey from kettlebell curious to kettlebell obsessed. And there's just so many inherent benefits to training with a kettlebell. And they go from really simple things like during a pandemic, um, they're small. You can tuck them away into the corner of like a tiny little New York City apartment or under a bed or use it as a doorstop or a paperweight. Um, but they are, you know, they give you a strength workout. They give you a cardio workout. They're relatively affordable compared to, you know, a lot of pieces of, you know, connected cardio equipment. Um, and because of their shape, right, there's, they're naturally imbalanced. So they they deliver a total body workout. So you might think you're doing something, you know, people look at some movements and they'll say, oh, that's a leg movement. It's an arm movement with kettlebells. Almost every movement is inherently compound, engaging multiple muscle groups through the entire workout. So you're getting a lot more bang for your buck, um, even in terms of, you know, whether it's your dollars or your time. Um, and then there's 
there's really no end to the progression. You know, they're they're really cool pieces of equipment because while the foundational movements are, um, there's only a handful of foundational movements, you can add complexity by um, stringing movements together into complexes. There's kettlebell flows, people call them. Um, and then there's, you know, more ballistic movements, you know, the the more expert you get. So um, yeah, they're, they're just really fun and kind of addictive once you start working with them. It's fun. It's really fun to hear you, your passion for kettlebells. It's honestly, you lit up um, when you were talking about that. So I imagine we will go down that journey as we talk about this next question. So as you were leaving corporate America to found fitting room, like what, what pulled you out the door? What was your original why? Right. So um, the original thought behind fitting room was, so here I was um, really time starved and working out with a personal trainer a couple of days a week. And I was observing, well, I love marketing and branding. So I'm always observing consumer behavior. It's just like naturally what I do. So I would see people going to boutique studios just started opening in New York. I think there were two Soul Cycles and two Physique 57s and a Berries, uh, but it was really kind of a nascent industry because we're going back like 10 years now at this point. And, you know, I'd go to school drop off and, you know, parents would be talking about this person's class or that person's class. And, like clearly like in love with this new experience, this new fitness experience of going to a dedicated space that was really clean and really cool and full of people who were, you know, sort of like-minded and loving it. But those same people, many of them were still going to the gym or they still had a personal trainer. Um, And I kind of had like two thoughts occurred to me. Like one, it just felt really inefficient from a time perspective. I'm like, well, I can't work out seven days a week or five days a week. Like, so like, what do I do? Do I go like to my personal trainer or do I go take this like cool class that's super fun and everybody loves it? Um, And the other was just from a price point perspective. I mean, if you think about, you know, personal training, it's not accessible to everybody. And I just kept getting answers like, well, like that's my real workout, but I love this, or this is my cardio, but that's my strength. And so I just, you know, and then I said, well, if you love working out in a group, like why not do CrossFit, for example? And, you know, there weren't a lot of boxes at that time in Manhattan. The boxes that there were, they weren't places that were kind of boutique in nature or had amenities. Um, now, you know, now you can find, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, this makes no sense. Like there's gotta be a way to go and do this fun group workout in a space that you feel like is designed for like you and your, you know, friends, um, but have it deliver all the same benefits that a personal trainer could deliver, you know, so that you can progress so that you can learn new skills so that you can see this ongoing evolution of results. Um, So that, that sort of was the initial, the initial thought was just, there's a white space out there. And part of it was selfishly motivated. I'm like, well, I want to go and have fun with a group, but like, I also don't want to stop doing the workout that I love doing because it's been more effective than anything I've ever done in my life. It was the, there's got to be a better way moment. Absolutely. So you open, open the first location. Um, and were you right? Was there a space? (laughs) So yes, you know, I, I would say, you know, the first 
few months, of course, it's like a slow roll. And then all of a sudden it was kind of like a flywheel and every class was sold out. And, you know, the feedback from people was, you know, they just, they love the work, but most importantly, what they loved were the, the humans delivering the experience. So it was that feeling people really did feel like they were with a personal trainer. Uh, the trainers really do understand where you're at on your journey, whether you're coming back from an injury or training for a marathon. And one of the things that right from the beginning, um, we did a little bit differently than a lot of group exercise is 100% of our trainers have to be certified personal trainers to even like audition to, you know, to get trained at fitting room. So I think of fitting room more like as finishing school for someone who's already this awesome personal trainer so that they can progress you if you're advanced or regress you if you're a beginner and they can modify things if you're you know, pregnant, everybody's pre and postnatal educated. Um, like you should walk into that space and feel like you've walked into a personal training session, you know, but you're surrounded by this group energy, this fun, motivating space. Um, you know, you get the music and, you know, you get all of the sort of things that make group fitness so awesome at the same time. Yeah. And, and community grew along the way. Right. And I, I bet I would bet that your original why sort of morphed a little bit. So why do you, why do you keep going? Like what's the why now? Yeah. So it's crazy. Cause now the fitness landscape is not the desert that it once was. There's tons of workouts everywhere. And I always say like, fitting room doesn't invent the kettlebell swing or invent the burpee. I mean, the thing about functional fitness is the movements that are really effective and scientifically proven, they've been around for hundreds of years and they are what they are. Um, so all of a sudden for me, what happened very quickly was just this motivation by the people who walked through the door. And that's both internally on the team and just falling in love with the people that you know this industry attracts from just such a breadth of backgrounds and education levels and you know every demographic and, you know, psychographic, you can imagine, you know, the industry pulls from um, and just loving watching, you know, the, the people on the team kind of like hone their craft and deliver it. And then, you know, the clients at the same time. So it's amazing to me, you know, you work in a place like Pepsi and one of the things you do when you work there is everybody works a day in the call center. And mm-hmm. You know, if you think about like the 800 number on the back of any product in your, you know, in your house, nobody's calling the 800 number to say like, thanks so much. I had this amazingly refreshing beverage today. Like people call because there's a problem. There's a complaint. There's a, you know, a bad experience. And the thing that is so awesome about our clients is most people who reach out like through an email or a phone call or giving feedback, most of the time it's positive. And the fact that people take time out of their incredibly busy days to talk about how this workout and more importantly, how the people, there's never an email that gives feedback that doesn't specifically name someone on the team. It could be a manager of a location, a front desk person, somebody on the maintenance team, a trainer, but there's this real human element of how it changes people's lives. And it's not the traditional stuff you expect. I mean, sometimes it's like a weight loss journey, but 
it's more often than not, it's an emotional, it's an emotional journey. It's meeting people who, you know, they just moved to New York and all of a sudden they met all these people, you know, through fitting room and giving them the space to do so, or, um, you know, getting like some sort of specialized encouragement or motivation or extra tips as they're training for something or, or whatever it is. Um, and watching it spill into people's lives in all different ways. It's really awesome. I'm, I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing little bits of community in there. I I think, (laughs) I think what I'm hearing is that you worked really hard and created something really special and and community formed. Um, and I know that community is a, a big piece of the fitting room brand. So can you tell like what the key has been to building and maintaining that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is listening. So the thing about a brand is you can start off with an idea of your product or service, but your actual brand is what your consumers tell you it is. So I might think I'm delivering a fitness class, but if you tell me I'm delivering a place for you to hang out with other people like you, When it comes to um, making business decisions, you make them very differently, right? So when you think about, you know, the pandemic, for example, and you shut down your studios, well, if you're really just delivering fitness classes, then our fitting room on demand pre-recorded content is all we needed. And we already had that. We launched that in 2019. But I knew from my consumers or the clients, that what we're really delivering is an opportunity for them to spend time with the trainers, be given specific instructions on how to level up or level down or modify or get over that shoulder injury and a space for them to see and talk to other people who they've come to like love and share their good days, their bad days, and just this notion of togetherness. Then you know that that first product, it's great to have it, but it's not going to like solve the whole the whole problem because that's not the only thing we deliver. So um, community is a big deal. Listening to consumers in everything we do is a really big deal. I tell the you know the front desk team, even the most like take your outlier client who maybe has a terrible experience and they are completely irate about something. I always say you can still learn something. Like just listen really carefully because there's still something we can do better. Like even if it's a scenario where you're like, well, like I don't agree at all. It, it like doesn't matter. There's still something in there. So open ears um, and then responding. You've got to like have your feet on the ground and your ears open. So when things are happening in the outside world, you know, we've been through a lot of really crazy times over the past couple of years, whether it's, you know, health and safety related or, um, you know, with social justice. I mean, there's a billion things going on around us and understanding when things are striking a chord with your clients and figuring out how to be there for them in those moments. And when things aren't striking a chord, also you can't be tone deaf and like force things down, you know, your client's throat. So yeah, it's really, the brand is all about what, what the consumers are telling you it is. Yeah, it's. I love that sense of listening too, because I feel like that's super powerful, no matter the size of the brand. Um, if you're just shoving your brand on someone's throat, 
<laughs> they're probably not going to respond. Not going to work. <laughs> not going to work. Um, okay, so fitting room grew and grew. You had this petri dish of like beautiful community forming and telling you what you were inside of it. Everything is going great, <laughs> and then a pandemic. <laughs> We've mentioned this a couple of times briefly, but. Um, Talk to us about how you were able to mobilize your team and keep it mostly intact. Yeah. So, um, well, a lot of communication for one. So as COVID came to the U.S. and we're in New York and New York was like obviously a very huge epicenter for it, um, we formed a task force within the team. So that was the first thing and had to have representation from every position in the company. So the first thing was assuring the team that as we navigate this and as we make decisions, it's not going to be like myself and three corporate people sitting in a room making decisions. We're going to make sure that we're making decisions with the input of someone in every position at the company. So that the first thing is just from the start, making sure there was a ton of communication and that there's representation and input from every position in the company so that everybody feels like they're having a say. I mean, we were navigating decisions like by the day at one point, like we're staying open, we're closing, we're this, we're that, you know, I mean, there were like, you know, more time between classes, like the number of people you allow in a class. I mean, there, there were just, there were so many decisions, but it has to work for everybody at the company or it won't work at all. So that was one. Um, We also made the decision again, really understanding what you deliver to people like the most important thing, I think, in a time of crisis. So we knew we had to find a way for our clients to still see each other, be together and see the trainers and get their workouts with the same people at the same times that they were prior. So we um, we sort of, I mean, maybe a week before we actually closed, we we're like, we're going to have to close at some point. Mm-hmm. And a lot of businesses were saying they were closing for three days or two days. I think... Um, 50 Cent has a book and it's, uh, what is, what's his saying? It has to do with like realism. Um, But anyway, it's like, you have to see the world for what it is. So with my team, I'm like, I'm not a scientist, but I have no idea why people think this is over in three days. So we have to operate from the start as if we are closed for a extensive period of time. Like we need to do everything as if we're going to still be doing it a year from now, you know? And of course, at the time we were like, ha ha, it'll never be a year. Although it was. <laughs> um, but so we said right from the beginning, like we've got to have people face to face. We have to use existing software. We don't have time to build something. We have to collect money right away, revenues, because I don't want to stop paying my team. But that means I can't do things for free either because we don't have enough money in the bank to do that. So we tested basically, you know, like Zoom, Blue Jeans, Google Meet, like any thing that existed in the world that allowed you to have 24 people face-to-face in real time. And so we sort of made our decisions before we closed the door, what we were going to do. We're going to use our same POS system. We're going to price virtual classes at approximately half the price of in-studio because we understand it's, you know, and, and we also understood people were going to also have hard times at work. Not everybody was going to have ongoing employment. So we were trying to just really balance and look into the future and anticipate as best as we could. So um, so we right away had virtual classes up and running. We went three days where the studios were closed before we had our first class. And that was really just honestly, internally, 
getting all of our ducks in a row with getting the new schedules posted, getting consumer communications ready, getting the new class packages on the booking pages. There was like just a lot of that. But three days was all we were out of revenue for. Um, And then as you know, I guess as we got into the summer months, we started to, you know, feel from the community a desire to be together in person, but do so safely. So mm-hmm. we started, you know, classes in parks and then, um, you know, looked for rooftops that we could partner with in the city for, you know, very low rent. We moved our kettlebell racks from the studios onto rooftops. Um, and yeah, we just tried to keep it going as, as best as we could while the studios were were locked up. And and did you have trouble like arming your your regular consumers and members with kettlebells or did most of them already have them? So at first, almost all of our virtual classes were just body weight. So no equipment needed. And then as people started getting their hands on equipment, um, and we found some partners who had some equipment. And so we were able to get like small discounts and channel our clients to those particular partners. Um, as we started to see people, you know, have equipment and you know, you see people using it in the body weight classes. So, you know, all of a sudden somebody's doing a squat and now they're holding a kettlebell. So as we started seeing that, we started adding weighted classes as well. And now almost very close to all of our classes virtually are with a equipment at this point. We have a, a couple body weight and then some that are optional so that you could do them either way. I love that. Okay. So let's, let's pretend that the pandemic is over forever and it's never coming back. Um, and you get to go back to normal air quotes, normal for the listener. Uh, what are some things that you've learned over this time that you're taking with you? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing we learned, so even going into the pandemic, we were looking at new ways to deliver our experience to more people. And by new, I mean asset light. So it's very expensive to build a studio and operate a studio in your own four walls and, you know, expenses. And well, now we have procurement issues and supply chain issues, but everything's Mm -hmm. crazy. So one thing we learned during the pandemic is clients are super flexible about where they're getting that experience, meaning whether it was a rooftop, a park, in their own living room. Um, What they care much more about is the quality of it, of course, which we've already known, the humans that are delivering it and the other people that they're engaging with. So um, we just opened up a licensed location within another facility in New Jersey. And so the studio room itself looks exactly like a fitting room. And we've trained all of the fit pros there. And we, um, they run the same programs each day there that we run in our New York City studios. But for us, we didn't build the space. We don't operate the space. So we can grow a lot faster and more efficient, you know, effectively, cost effectively in that way. So we're really focusing now on taking what you know, what we learned, everybody really loves. They love the brand. They love the way people are trained. They love the workouts. It's all intellectual property and looking for ways to get that out to more people. And now let's hear from an Asphalt Life ambassador who has tried and loved Fitting Room. Hi, I'm Nimbe Juarez. I live in New York um, and I am a Sweat Life ambassador. 
I recently went to fitting room again post pandemic and I really enjoyed my experience. Um, got to remember why it is that I really enjoyed it a few years ago. I love the sense of community. It seems that a lot of the members know each other, so they are regulars, which is something that I'm kind of looking to find again in my workouts. Also, the challenge, it was a hard workout. I was sore the first time that I went back again for about four days, um, and I went back again the following week, and I was still sore, but it's a, a really enjoyable moment, and I just feel like I got a great workout. The instructors are very mindful, and they pay attention. They ask about injuries, and it's just a very personalized uh, and experience, even though it is a group fitness class. So I just really had so much fun, and I'm actually going back to class tomorrow. And we're back. Okay, so you're open um, in New York City now. Uh, you're welcoming community back in the doors to, to take classes. What is it like um, to be open today? And what was it like, like the day that you welcomed people in and maskless to the studio? So it's, um, I got goosebumps when you said that. It's so funny that technology <laughs> works. Um, I know. There were some clients who actually shed tears when they came back in. Oh my God. Um, I mean, there were, it's interesting. Like there were the people who were there like day one. And then mm -hmm. we had a lot of people who were still really cautious, really concerned. We had a ton of people who moved out of the city. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. There's like this, you know, the community now, when I look at it, it's like half the people who were here pre-pandemic, but then there's also this whole new group of people, you know, there's like around a hundred new people a week that are just discovering fitting room for the first time. So it's in some ways we're operating like we're starting from scratch in terms of how we communicate the brand and our principles, but um, just honestly seeing the team together and, like so happy to be in spaces with each other. Um, it's it's really pretty amazing to to bring everybody back together. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I mean, I I know what it feels like as a consumer of fitness to be back in studio. Like it's a totally different experience than doing digital. There's something really magical that you know and have tapped into uh, about working out next to someone, either whether that's motivation or friendship or whatever. Like it's just it's magic, and no one can no one can quite explain it. But it it is it, we need it as humans. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So what's next for Fitting Room? I know we've we've talked a little bit about sort of the challenges you've been through, your trajectory. I, I think it's such an incredible brand. Where are you going next and where are you growing next? Yeah. So um, really focused on two areas. One is, like I said, looking at more strategic partnerships so that we can deliver our classes in, you know, more geographies, more locations, um, and basically get our incredible experience out in front of more people. And then the other is also um, in education. So we've always had part of our part of our customer base has always been other trainers and other fitness instructors. And um, we see our clients and you know also really leaning into education, uh, particularly around kettlebells. So, you know, much like 10 years ago, I saw this white space in the studio 
part of the world. I see a white space in the certification and education part of the world as well. Um, specifically, we have 10 years of how to effectively teach kettlebells to groups of people. Um, and even if you think about with like one-on-one, there's a lot of really technical, very um, comprehensive kettlebell certifications that many of our trainers have. But like, if you just, you know, let's say you're a personal trainer in a gym and you want to know enough about kettlebells to use them with your clients and they're, um, you know, they're beginners or, you know, they're not super technical. You don't need to know like, everything there is to know about them. You need enough to keep people safe and make sure you're using them effectively. So we are, um, we're developing our first external training course, which can be taken either by enthusiasts or professionals um, to really just, it's like how you make kettlebells safe, effective, and fun for everyone kind of thing. Oh, I love that. I love that. Cause, um, I, I feel like I've been in a class before where um, suddenly 40 people in a room are, are being instructed to do a kettlebell snatch. And you're like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I love that. I think every every trainer who touches a kettlebell could, could and should use that. All right, Carrie, as we wrap up, I, I could spend all day with you because you're great and smart and wonderful. But um, what would you tell someone who is coming into their very first fitting room class? What's a piece of advice you'd give to them? I would just say, um, you know, first of all, share anything that's going on with your body or your mind with the trainer because they are there to make sure you leave feeling happy and successful and that nobody's judging what you're doing. Like it's all, it's your workout and you're going to go as hard or as gently as you want, as heavy or as light as you want. It's all about moving and it's moving in a way that you move in everyday life. So we never do anything in a class that doesn't mimic a movement that you're doing in your daily life. Like that's what functional fitness is. So it's our job is just to make you like happier, better, stronger, less inclined to get injured in everything else you do. And like, don't be intimidated by the shape of the kettlebell. I love that. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's always fun talking to you. This has been another episode of We Got Goals, another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to Carrie Sadowitz for joining me. And remember, if you want to try fitting room for yourself, you can take advantage of an incredible offer. Use the code SWEATLIFEFIT, that's S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-E-F-H-I-T at checkout to redeem your first class for free for either in-studio or their digital product, live fitting room. Go to fittingroom.com, that's F-H-I-T-T-I-N-G-R-O-O-M.com to redeem. Another big thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, Ryan Bayer-Yuga for the video production, and to you, our listeners, for subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.